divine truth feedback. Jesus, Mary and others give personal or group feedback to people who have asked for personal assistance. Andrew Nan, a 56-year-old man with stage 4 lung cancer that began in his left lung, asked Jesus for feedback about his condition and what he can do to cure his cancer. Recorded on the 23rd of September 2015 in Wilkesdale, Queensland, Australia. Hi, my, my name's Andrew Nan. Yeah. Um, I'm 56 years old. Yes. And um, I've got terminal cancer, um, lung cancer yes. in the fourth stage. And uh, it's really brought to light that I haven't really been processing any of my true emotions or getting to the core issues. Yes. And uh, now it comes to the point where I've got no way out other than really seriously look at the depth of where the uh, causes are coming from. Mm. Mm. And I'm very thankful for, for being here. Yeah, my pleasure, Andrew. Um, now, you and I are three years apart. Right. I'm 53 in a few months' time, so you're, and you're 56. So that gives you an idea of how much you're holding on to your emotions has has really damaged your body and your life. Does that make sense? Mm. And and what we'll do in this discussion is we'll have a good a good discussion about the causes of cancer. But I'll ask you some questions first, if we can, and and then we can discuss like what's actually going on that causes lung cancer itself because each cancer is caused by different things but there are some prevailing underlying causes of cancer that that are the same right across for any cancers and then then and then depending on where you have it in your body this the is is a different type of emotion that you're holding on to does that make sense but perhaps what we need to do first is give a bit of background for, of your life, because you've told me a little bit about it, but uh, perhaps we can give it, have a bit of background first, just so that anybody who hears it can can understand where you're coming from. Now, your mother died of cancer. Yeah. And what kind of cancer did she die? Breast from? cancer. Breast cancer. And what year did she die? Can you remember the year? 2007. So 2007, not that long ago, actually. No. So only seven or eight years ago. Yeah. And and then you also were married before. Yes. And that your wife also died of cancer. Yeah. And when did that happen? 2009. Right, so again, not very long ago. Yeah. And you and your wife used to do a lot of work with spirits, didn't you? you well, she used to channel spirits. Yeah. So maybe you could tell, get, tell me a bit more about that. Well, when I first met her, she was a teacher holding a circle, as um, teaching people. So it was like a new age spiritualist circle? Yeah, uh, traditional English tri yes. spiritual right. teachings, basically. But so, so this was in England? No. No, here no, in Australia? But just the uh, English style. Yeah, no Not worries. so much new age. Yeah. But sort, of like, sort of like the English would have done it during the 20th and 19th centuries where they all just got together and channeled yeah. some spirits, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'd come back from overseas and I was um, not very well with spirits around me. Yes. And I was um, heavily influenced and I didn't know what to do. Yes. And uh, I, people would, I'd tell them about what was going on and they, 
they would suggest, you know, psychiatrists or, or whatever. And yeah. that wasn't the answer. I was quite sound in mind, but yeah. I had spirit influence. Yeah. And I met her through the um, a circle. Yeah. And she'd started teaching me. And uh, teaching you with regard to communicating with spirits, is that? Well, endeavouring to free me from the, my baggage or what I right. was around. And that presupposed that she was in a better condition than yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Which she obviously had, she was not. She had the connection with God. Mm. And, so she claimed. Yeah. Mm. And she would speak to spirits and they'd, well, they'd speak through her in their own diction. Yes. And gestures. Yes. So wide awake, she would, her whole body would be taken over and. So she would do trance mediumship. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and then we, we got together and stayed together. Right. Um, so when did you first get together, Andrew? I was 23 time? years old. Wow. So so you were together for a good 20 years or so? 27 years. 27 years. Yep. Yeah. And during that time, did you always have that feeling that she was superior to you? Yes. Mm. She was... Um, if we ever had a challenge of a certain type... Mm-hmm. She would um, call up. Uh, she would use the the call that she had the connection with God, and I didn't. Yes, and then she would then use that to manipulate you, obviously. Yeah. Yep, and basically impl- imply to you that you were always wrong and she was always right. Is that yeah. how it worked out? Yeah, yeah. She's fairly easy to feel, isn't she? Like, do you still feel her around you at times? Um, I'm not sure. I'm mm. not sure. Mm. I feel spirit around, but I don't can't discern yeah. which who is who. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is very significant that she died of of lung cancer, and and you're now also in the same condition with lung cancer, um, and we'll talk about the reasons why. But do you remember a few years ago we were at a seminar and you came up and asked me about what's the biggest issue you faced? Yeah. And I told you it was spirit influence. Do you yeah. Remember that discussion? Yeah. 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 And. At the time, the feeling I had from you was that you didn't agree with me, that there was a lot of spirit influence. I, I, at that, that time, yeah. I, to burst through that bubble yeah. that they had around me, I had to be almost arrogant yeah. to, to, because they were shutting me down, shutting me down, mm. and I, I really couldn't get through it. Mm. And that's why I couldn't speak out. And, uh, yeah, and, and this is part of the issue you face, Andrew, is that and, and by the way, I'm going to say some things that are fairly challenging today. So, <laughs> you know, obviously, if I can just give you a bit of a background, any person that is dying from any disease, it doesn't matter whether it's like heart disease or cancers or, or any other tumours or other kinds of diseases, has been in suppression of emotion for a long period of time. Yeah. And there is also a number of quite unloving behaviours that they've addictively engaged in in order to for the disease to be produced inside of their body. Mm. In other words, it's gone on for a long period of time. And you were married to this to, to your previous wife for 27 years. And I suggest to you, even before then, the, the, your, the way your mother established her relationship with you was very much what you suppressed throughout not only your, your childhood and your adolescence, but also once you entered a relationship with your ex-wife. What was her name, by the way? Anne. Anne. So with regard to your relationship with Anne and yourself, that relationship was established to support your addictions. Now, 
some of your addictions um, were about you feeling subservient to women and feeling like that is a good thing, not a bad thing. You sort of almost viewed it at the time as you being a good man by, you know, being able to please women relatively easily. Does that make sense? Mm. And those women around you, including your mother, viewed you as a good boy in your mum's case and a good man in the case of your, or in the case of Anne. Uh, because basically you did whatever they suggested you should do. Mm. Does that make sense? But, but because of that, there's a build-up of anger inside of you about it. Does that make sense? And then there's the projection back, of, back to them that you want something. And what you wanted from them, from women generally, and actually what you still want from women, is that you want women to make your sadness go away. Does that make sense to you? Mm. And that's quite a large projection coming out of you that you definitely want women to make your sadness go away. Now, that caused the attraction between yourself and Anne. She was willing to make or help your sadness go away as long as you were willing to, to admit that she was the superior being. Mm. Does that make sense? And, and as long as you gave her that feeling, uh, she would give you the feeling that you, you, know, that you, you don't need to be as sad as you currently are. And she would also give you direction in your life. In other words, you wanted a woman almost to tell you what to do because that was what mum has established with you. Mm. So your mother established this deep desire for you to do whatever she wanted you to do through either manipulation or control, and you were a compliant child. And so that means that as a compliant child, you would quite willingly do the things that she suggested. Does Mm. that make sense? And you definitely have more of an assimilation with women than men generally. So you feel more attracted to be with women than men generally. Does that make sense? And so, and so what happens is that this, this, um, injury, which was established by your mother mostly, but also by, with your father's support. Um, and when I say with your father's support, even whether, when he wasn't in the home, um, he, his attitude was pretty much the same towards women that yours now is. Does that make sense? Mm. And and he either rebelled against that uh, by getting angry and frustrated and whatever with your mum, or he complied. There was no challenging of your mum's addictive behaviour with you in particular. Mm. So, so you, he was he basically allowed you to become your mum's sur- surrogate husband in a way, absolutely emotionally. Yeah. Does that make sense? And yeah. you've probably already realised that. Is that the case? Or yeah, and yeah. also. Um, <coughs> Uh, emanation wise too because um, I used to project from the lower chakra mm-hmm. to my mother mm-hmm. which was uh, sexual projection to my mother which your mother wanted yeah yes. and then she would be happy correct and uh, I ended up growing up thinking that was quite normal yes projecting to male or female yeah. if I liked the person yes Uh, So I had a distorted view of love, where that was what I thought was love. Yeah, when you say you had a distorted view, it was really your parents who had a distorted view, and they taught you to have one. So you've got to first trace it back to that. You're quite unwilling at times to trace it back to its source. You still have a tendency to blame yourself for the projections at your mother, for example, rather than seeing it as her desire and her her training of you. You Mm. follow me? Yeah. Yeah. So, so once this happens, uh, this establishment comes, then, then, um, a woman came into your life, Anne, who you felt attracted to, and 
and eventually established a relationship with. But can you see the projection that was coming from her? Mm. What was the projection coming from her? What was the feeling coming from her towards you? Um, she was nurturing me in a sense of looking after me. She was um, so can you see she was, my mother. Yes, so she was taking over the mother role. Yeah. And she did she like your mother or not? No. Correct. Why? They, uh, they, they clashed were, all the time, right? Oh, why? Why? Because uh, I was I was being um, taken away from my mother. Correct. She thought my uh, Anne thought that I'd had incest with my mother. Right. When she first met her. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and was she the one also who told you about this sexual stuff coming from yourself towards your mother? Yeah. Yep. So I believed in her and and the spirits. Yep. You know, I knew them by name and they'd come through, speak for half an hour and so... And they'd I give was, you advice about your relationship with your mother and what you're doing with your body and... My relationship with Anne. Yes. And I was uh, just totally um, enthralled. I, I didn't know, I thought it was a good thing. Yes. Because yep. uh, I'm in awe of this, I'm speaking to somebody from a direct route from God to an angel and yep. I didn't, wasn't really very... Um, God orientated. Of course not. Um, so it wasn't, although Anne claimed it to be from God, it obviously wasn't. It was just from spirits who were claiming to be God. And, yeah. uh, and, and obviously she was in some kind of codependent addiction with them. Yeah. Yeah. Which in, in fact is a part of why she also had cancer herself. And she was much older than I too. Yes. She was, um, 27 years older than myself. So. Yes. And I met her when I was 23, so... So she was already 52? Yeah. 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 And so can you see again the mum role just being replaced? Yeah. And there was a separation. We moved away from the clutches of... Of mum. Mum. (laughs) But you were really still in the clutches of (laughs) mum. Just a different mum, weren't you, in a way? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So... Yeah. And when did you first get lung cancer that you know of? If you, you, you can remember when you started going downhill physically before yeah. you went to a doctor or anything to find out what was going wrong. Can you remember? August you, the 2nd. Which was? August the 2nd when? I did my last shift on August the 2nd just recently. So it's only of, been very quick. Of moment. this year? Yeah. Yeah. You mean you did your last working shift? Yeah. And, but did you notice yourself going downhill before then physically? Not a great not really. deal, mm. no. Mm. But uh, not not um, no. I was okay. Mm-hmm. I was okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, it all came on very quickly. Yes. But I must have been carrying it for some period of time. Of course, yeah. uh, that usually is the case, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I've seen people have no cancers at all, or no brain tumor at all. You know, one month and then two months later, they've passed. So things yeah. can come on very, very rapidly. And the question then becomes, well, why they've come up, why do they come on rapidly? You know, what is the yeah. cause of that? But if we, if we analyze the background of your, of your situation, you can see, you, you can recognize that you, you had a relationship with your mother, which was obviously emotionally incestuous from her perspective. Mm. She, she was being emotionally incestuous with you. Then this other woman came along who was a similar age to your mother, actually. Mm. And, and she, entered an emotionally incestuous relationship with you basically mm. in the sense that she was uh, she was the one who was dominant who had the power 
mm. in your relationship and she constantly reinforced her power over you through the use of spirit mediumship. Yeah. Yeah. And of course that that you can see that that's like pretty damaging in 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 itself isn't it to do that. But then what happens is because of her codependent relationship with the spirits involved her body would start packing up sooner or later. It was going to sooner or later start packing up based on the addiction she had. And one of the addictions she has is that she desperately wants other people to cover over her sadness. Does that mm. make sense? And it's the addiction to have other people cover over your emotion that you're suppressing rather than you experience the emotion that causes the onset of any cancer. And it's usually also driven by anger that that you want them to do it. There's a demand coming out of you to do it. Now in her case, there was a demand coming out of her towards the spirits with her that they help her avoid her grief. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And in the process of doing that, she allowed them to connect to her body frequently, as you know, and even completely take over her body at times. And the more that happened, the injuries of the spirits around her began to influence the health of her own body. And so her own body begins to degrade in its condition. You follow? Mm-hmm. And, and because her main demand was that people help her avoid her sadness, that being her main demand at everybody on earth, but also everybody in the spirit world, there's a whole group of spirits around her who help her avoid that sadness as long as they themselves get something in return from her, which was the ability to communicate through her, to take over her body and express themselves, and also the ability to dominate a man. Mm. Right. So these spirits all wished to dominate a man through a woman who was already domineering over a man. Do you follow? Mm. <clears throat> now, as a result of that, that's what caused her cancer. Her, her suppression of sadness and her desire to have other people make her sadness go away and her anger about the fact that other, other people weren't, and particularly men weren't, caused her to decide to dominate a man for the majority of her life and also to allow spirits to have a large influence upon her life with a codependent addiction with those spirits. Now, she obviously wasn't communicating with God, although she claimed to be. If she was, she would never probably have got sick, right? So she's not communicating with God. She's communicating with, with earthbound spirits who loved to, be do- to dominate men. Mm. And in you, they had a prime candidate. Mm. Can you see that? Because your mum had groomed you to allow yourself to be dominated by a woman. Do you follow? Mm. And so now, because your mum's grooming had allowed you to be dominated by a woman, and there's another woman comes along, she, you are right for her domination. Like it's so easy to dominate a person under those circumstances when they've been trained from a child to be dominated. And this is the thing that most people don't realise, is that it's impossible for somebody to actually dominate you as an adult, if you haven't had a predisposition to be dominated as a child through the damage that came from the relationship with parents. So in other words, if you'd grown up in, a, in an environment where your mother didn't wish to dominate you, and your mother and your father and your mother didn't have the relation they had, but they rather had a loving relationship, you would have grown up to have a, be a man of quite good self-assurance and, and self-worth, and, and, and therefore very little sadness as well. 
And then as a result of that, you would never have even been attracted to a woman who dominates you. Mm. Does that make sense? So the whole attraction to a woman who dominates you is completely dependent upon what your mother trained you to become. Right? Now, the hard part for you with that is that you don't want to believe women can do any wrong. <laughs> mm. Now, you're starting to see through your relationship with your ex-wife and that, that obviously there was some wrong going on, otherwise Absolutely. things wouldn't have happened. But you still have a, a feeling in you, even right now, that you don't really want to come face to face with the fact that, that they really wanted to do that to you. It's yeah. almost like you want to believe that they just that they didn't know what they were doing or, or it was quite innocent or those kind mm. of things. When, in, when the actual fact is that both your mother and your ex-wife and both of them are not as innocent, are nowhere near as innocent as what you believe, actually. Yeah. So that's the first issue. Right. If you keep thinking that women are innocent when they're not, <laughs> and you're going to keep judging situations or analysing situations in your life, thinking that women are acting in your interests when they're not. And I'm not saying that all women are like that. I'm just saying that your history with women is that there have been women who purposefully wish to have power and control over you, and they weren't doing it for any other thing than a selfish reason. Mm, before and past, um, the last time she tranced, was in a front group with another two people yeah. who were friends and the spirit spoke to them and spoke to me and rounded up on me yeah. and blamed me for uh, Anne's conditions. And it was quite horrific, you know. And yeah. I, I was, and I started to, Which come, to I started to become stronger to break away yeah. because yeah. at one stage I thought I was going... She'd even got a power of attorney over me because my mind was going and uh, things yeah. like that. I'd, and uh, there was visions of a relationship which I never had and I could see the vision, but it wasn't true. Yes. It was a vision I could see. Yeah. She could see it and she, she believed it. Yeah. And it was just uh, yeah. a whole lot of uh, attacks. A lot, a lot of attacks, not only from her, but also the spirits sort of used her as their mouthpiece to attack you and have mm. domination and control over you. And in fact, I feel quite strongly that that was their goal. Even the spirits who masqueraded as men with her were women, and their entire goal was to actually destroy you. Yeah. And, and so that's not a very nice person that does no. any of those things, right? I really love her. Yeah. And... You've still got a tendency to believe that women can only do nice things, but it's quite obvious in this case that there wasn't very nice things going on at all for a long period of time. Mm. But your acceptance of them is the issue that I'm trying to raise with you. Do you follow me? You mm. accepted this bad behaviour towards yourself from a woman, and the question you've got to ask yourself is why? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I want to go in through with you why, because I feel it's something that you need to ponder for yourself as to why you have such a heavy demand on women that would cause that you to even completely almost abdicate any authority over yourself or responsibility over yourself at times and place your entire life in the hands of women 
who, who mm. can be actually very, very damaging to you. And if you look at Anne and your mum, both of them are quite damaging to you, even though with your mum I don't feel you see it as much as you do with Anne at this point. Yeah. Mm. I used to think I liked strong women. I know. And uh, I would never be um, controlled. Where? But why yeah. did you like strong women is the question I'm asking you. Uh, There's a difference between a strong woman and a nasty woman, <laughs> and you had a tendency to view strong women as a na- nasty women as strong women. Yeah. And I, and I, and the question that I would have for you is why did you want that? There's addictions inside of you, which include not wanting to take responsibility for your own life, not wanting to make your own decisions, and quite a number of other things like that. Self worth. In the end, it's self-worth, but I think you need to first go into the sort of other areas of it first, which are all to do with why you want other people to have control over you. Do you follow me? Yeah. And particularly, you're not interested in other men having control over you. No. You don't have a problem with that so much. No. So this is an issue with wanting women to have control over you. you. You actually feel attracted to a woman who wants control over you. Yeah. And there's got to be reasons why that help you get away from things in your life. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Now, when we met, when we first met, um, we discussed a lot about spirit influence. And in fact, that was my primary discussion with you. I said to you at the time that my my feelings were that that you had quite a lot of spirit influence over 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 your life, and that unless you removed that from you, that that actually your life would degrade as a result of it. And I, and I don't know if you can remember that entire conversation that we had. At Morgan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> at the time, you, because of the influence of spirits that you were under still, there was a, there was a definite feeling coming from you at the time of, of, of dismissal of that information. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And, and what I'm suggesting to you is that they wanted you to dismiss the information. And mm. you have a willingness... To, to dismiss information that somebody else wants you to dismiss. Mm, yep. True. So if a woman in particular wants you to say, no, um, I don't th- agree with that, you will not agree with something, even if there's a sort of a twinge inside of you that goes, well, maybe I do, you know, maybe I do agree Might with keep it. them happy. Correct. You, this mm. is your primary desire, keep the woman happy. But the reason why you have cancer is keeping the woman happy is actually there is an angry demand from the woman in return. Mm. And what is your demand from the... What does she have to give you in return when you keep her happy? Can you Mm. see what she has to give you? Yeah, the comfort. Comfort, nurturing. Nurturing, yeah. Right? And what's all that about? That's about a mother, isn't it? It's about sadness, isn't it, really? Sadness. She's got to make your sadness go away. Yeah, oh, you, that's true. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, make me feel good. Yeah, that's your demand at her. And, it, and that's the demand that's causing your cancer. Right. Does that make sense not, to you? Not standing on my own. Um, it's not so much about not standing on your own. You have an emotional feeling coming out of you that, you want, that you'll do anything for the woman Yeah. as long as she makes you feel like you're a good guy and that you're comfortable and she gives you comfort and nurturing and and helps you have your sadness go away. The reality is that you have quite a large amount of sadness inside of you. Yeah. 
And in fact, if you hadn't got cancer, you would possibly be open to getting pneumonia, right? And have yeah. you ever had pneumonia in your life? No. no. And the reason why you haven't is because women have always fed this addiction that right. you have, this addiction to make your sadness go away. Now, a person who gets pneumonia gives up on having other people make their sadness go away and just feels like they want to die from their sadness. It's still an avoidance of their sadness, but it's a different type of emotion. Does that make sense? And that's my addiction, is it? Yeah, so your addiction Mm. is you want the women to make your sadness go away. You'll do anything for them to make it happen, Mm. but there is actually a deep demand in you that this occurs. Yeah. And it's this demand, which is actually an anger-based demand, that's causing your illness. You follow? Yeah. Yeah. Now, what, later myself and Mary are going to have a, uh, a sequence of frequently asked questions about physical health, right? about all sorts of diseases and what are the causes of them from an emotional perspective. Yeah. And we will actually be listing specific diseases, including cancer, and we'll be going through, for, for example, things that cause like breast cancer, right or left breast cancer, you know, abdominal cancer, bowel cancer, cervix cancer, prostate cancer, lung cancer, tumours in the brain. You know, we'll go through all the different things and what the causes are. Does it make sense? But the key thing for you to remember at this point is that it's your unloving demand at another person and your willingness to self-sacrifice yourself to get that demand fulfilled that is the primary cause of cancer so therefore it's an emotion coming out of yourself towards the other person and a willingness to submit to their demands in order to have your demand met that causes your cancer and where it occurs in your body depends on what kind of emotion you want them to have make go away inside of yourself in your case, the emotion you want to have them make them go, to make go away or to be to be rubbed out of yourself, if you like, is sadness, right. grief, and it's in regard to or relation to uh, women not feeling nurturing, but rather you feeling like you have to feed women in order to be nurtured. Yeah. Do you follow? This is what's causing your lung cancer. Now, it has to be a pretty big addiction because otherwise it wouldn't cause an illness. Do you follow me? Mm. So it has to be a very large addiction, and, and you must have a very strong desire for it to be met. Do you follow? Mm. Yeah. And, and unless you have a strong desire for it to be met and are willing to sacrifice yourself so much in order for it to be met, you wouldn't get cancer in the first place. But in your case, there's an additional problem that you face, and that is your openness to spirits and getting this emotion from spirits. Because of this long relationship you've had with with a person who was spirit overcloaked or spirit influenced most of her life, you have a tendency to actually think that spirit interactions are like are important or or even a validation of the fact that you might have a closer relationship with God. Mm. It's not actually true but it is something that you feel. And as a result, you're pretty open to being influenced by spirits. And unfortunately, with the other emotion that you have, the emotion with your mother, that emotion allows you to be influenced by women spirits, Mm. who this same demand still comes out of you towards 
and who they still wish to control. You, they, they want to control you. Now, as soon as your ex-partner died, and died, she, wants, she was still attempting to gain control over you and your life. Now, by this stage, you had started to work through issues of like whether that was right or not, and, and you started to have suspicions about whether she was really talking to God or not, right? Yeah. But, but the reality is the emotion was still coming out of you towards women. And this emotion coming out of you allows her to have a lot of influence over you. In other words, your worth is still quite influenced by her opinion of you. Right. You understand? And you often are doing things for other women just like you were doing for her, doing things to get there to please them, mm. to, to, to make them happy. Right? Now, as a result of that, you are also receiving energy from Anne. I just got to have a cough. She knew. Yeah. She, she's, mm. um, she doesn't want you to know that she still has quite a large influence over your opinions of yourself. Do you understand? Uh, she still believes she's right. Of course she does. She, in fact, is, has exactly the same beliefs as what she had when she passed. Yeah. And if you remember when she passed, by that stage she was getting quite angry with you and felt that you were to blame for her condition. Absolutely. And she still believes that. Yeah. So because she's surrounding you, projecting all this anger at rage at you, her condition, which is one, which is the actual cancer itself, is now also being exhibited inside of you. Yeah, it's the same left side. Yes. And can you see why it's the left side? The female side. Yep. She had issues with her mother. Yes, it's her. She had issues with her sadness with her mother, which she wanted to cover over. She was using spirits as the method by which to cover it over. They were women spirits who would come and express themselves through her, no matter whether they claimed to be men or not. They were all women. Who, in fact, no man would have wanted to come to her and express themselves through her, unless he was completely subservient to women. Mm. And she would not have even allowed him to come to her or spoke through her unless he was completely subservient to her. And so the only types of spirits who can communicate through her were women who were in an angry, rageful place with men or, or who um, wanted control and domination over a woman or men who were subservient to women. They're the only two types of spirits who could speak through her. Do you understand? Now, all of them were claiming to be God because that, that made her feel important. It made her feel like, like it removed some of her sadness from her, some of her sadness based upon worth. It removed. So her mother caused her to feel bad about herself. She then, instead of feeling bad about herself and grieving the sadness about how she was treated, decided to enter a codependent addictive relationship with women, with women in the spirit world primarily and with men on earth whom she could dominate you mm. and that was her primary life her whole life was basically addictions with spirits who who were like a mother and addictions with you who who she could dominate and control mm. now that doesn't sound like a person who has a very strong connection with god does it no i, no. I felt i was just like we were never married until the last six days that was her choice yeah can i cough <coughs> pardon me Mm. Just take your time. Yeah. 
it was the last six days before she died we got married. Mm-hmm. It was her last request. I was never really... Um, I called her my spiritual partner. We were journeying together and there was all these things we were going to do to help other people and it all sounded quite good. And mm-hmm. um, But I ended up just being her... Her um, taxi driver basically taking her around and feeding her, and then her family came in and, and uh, started to. I had to carry her family, her son and the other son, mm. uh, the, her son's son, and there was a whole lot of things. And yeah, I was, um, I'd had it. Well, yeah. Well, a person with her amount of rage basically wants everyone around her to do whatever she wants and you're always going to end up if you stay with a person like that you're always going to end up in a place where you're almost totally dominated unfortunately unfortunately she's trying to continue to dominate you even after she's passed right yeah and you're um you're getting a bit cold no, I'm okay. I'm a bit cold. I'm just going to, just if I just make an adjustment, you just need to... Yeah, so, uh, the, you know, the, your ex-wife, Anne, is still attempting to dominate and control you. And, in fact, your openness to being dominated and controlled by a woman is a part of the reason why the cancer has exacerbated and, got, and, and firstly come about, but also gotten worse. And, like you said, it's started in the left side, just like hers has. And both of it's related to, obviously, the feelings you have about women. Does that make sense? Mm. But what I'm trying to get across to you is that there's two primary issues. One is this underlying feeling you have within you that a woman is right and, and you're not, mm. right? which is a very strong feeling you have in you. And there's also a very strong unwillingness to give it up, actually. Right? And, and, the sec- and as a result of that, you project that at women... And they get to feel powerful over you. But in return, you want something from them. And that's the other thing you're not seeing here, is that you want from them to make your sadness go away. You want to not feel your own sadness Mm. about how women have treated you all your life. And instead, you want to be either angry about it, but but you certainly don't want to grieve it. You don't want to grieve how women have treated you, in particular, you don't want to grieve how your mother has treated you. Does that make sense? Mm. And then the second issue, so that's the first issue, this this cyclic codependent relationship you have with women and the internal hurt that you feel from women that you're unwilling to experience or feel. Right? But the second issue that you have is this is this issue of openness to spirits. You have an openness to spirits because you feel that if a person's connected with spirits is an indication that they're in a better condition emotionally and spiritually in a better condition. Mm. There's a belief in you that that's true and it's not true. Just because a person can talk to a spirit, it doesn't mean they're in better condition than anyone else. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's a lot of people in the New Age movements today and even in history who've always honoured the medium not understanding that mediumship in itself is just one, one 
quality that requires no uh, resistance to spirits. That's all it requires. It doesn't require love to develop. It doesn't require a higher state of being. It doesn't require anything other than an openness to spirits. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's about. It's a bit like me saying to you, um, I'm open to talking to women, but I'm not open to talking to men. Now, that decision inside of me, that feeling inside of me that I am open, doesn't require me to be in any condition of love per se. It doesn't require me to be in a good condition or a bad condition. It's just the state I'm in. Right? Mm. And this is the thing with spirit communication. Just because somebody can talk to a spirit and hear spirits and be overcoped by them and transmediumship, uh, do transmediumship, it doesn't mean their condition is any better or worse than anybody else's condition in the room. They just have an openness to communication with spirits. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I know that was a misconception that I have had. A lot of people have it. And in fact, it's a historically uh, a position that most people have had for many hundreds, if not thousands of years. There's, a, there's always been a, an honouring of the mystical. magical, mystical medium. <clears throat> you know, it's like it's like the witch doctor in the African tribes, or it's like the you know, it's like the person who's a prophet in Christian faith, or it's like the person who can predict the future. You know, they are always mm. treated with fascination and as if they've got some kind of magical ability when the only thing they really have is an openness to communicate with spirits. Mm. And God's not involved, in fact, in most cases, if, if, if at all. But you believe that a person who can communicate with spirits is better than a person who can't. I had done, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm saying you still, still do. do. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionally. There's Emotionally, an emotional acceptance yeah. inside of you that if you can hear and communicate with spirits, it means that your condition must be better than the average person's. It's a, it's a feeling of the, it, it comes from this underlying, con- see what, what happened was Anne tried to instill in you the fact that she could communicate with spirits meant that she was superior to you. Mm. It meant that she was better than you. It meant that she knew more than you. It mm. meant that she was in a better place than you were. It meant that you had to listen to her. And you believe these things. Because mm. if you didn't believe those things, you would never have accepted that. No. Well, she had the connection with God. And she always used that as a final showdown if there was ever yeah. a Yeah. She's decision. the one with the connection. You should shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. And I could and had nowhere was. to go because of course. I was just not... Um, Learned enough. Yeah, but the reality is you did have somewhere to go. You could, you could have called her on her lie <laughs> and yeah. you could have left, but you didn't want to leave. Because if you left, you wouldn't have got the nurturing comfort feeling that you got from her. You would have had to find another woman who would give you a nurture comfort feeling. Do you see what I'm yeah. saying? This is your addiction. Your willingness to stay in a situation that damages you just so that you can avoid your sadness. Yeah, she was rescued me, yes. basically, in her eyes. And in yours. And mine too, yeah. And in yours. Saved me from the... From uh, your own sadness. Yeah. From your own feelings about women. Yeah. Which were all established with your mother. Mm. And that's what you wanted from her. That's your projection that causes your cancer. You want that from women. You want them to save you from the feelings you have about your mother. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And the second part of your cancer is your openness to women who are in spirit. 
which has caused an openness towards Anne still, who died of cancer and who still has exactly the same emotional condition as what she had when she died, which was a rageful projection at men that she could dominate control to, to stop her sadness. Mm. Does that make sense? And it was all about stopping her sadness with her mum. Right? right? Same issue as yourself, ironically. So it's interesting the way things happen sometimes. You see, you see a, a woman has a bad relationship with her mother, right? She now wants to feel that she's really a really good woman, right? So she enters an addictive codependent relationship with spirits who are women. They make her feel like she's a good woman, but in, but in order to feel like she's a good woman, they, they want her to do some things for them. And part of what they wanted to do for them was they wanted to dominate a man. Mm. You. So she had to do that in order to maintain her connection with them. Right. So she maintains this connection. She's got this angry demand at those women's spirits that they provide her with the emotions that she's trying to avoid that causes her cancer. And then as her cancer progresses, she gets angry and angry with you because they, she, they have a strong connection with her and they're just trying, they know that their time is up in terms of being able to attack a man and pull him down. And so they have a few last goes at it. You understand? Mm. Her last words to me were, you're more stubborn than I. <laughs> and yet she's the one who died first. Mm. Mm. Mind you, she was quite significantly older than yourself and so therefore had a longer period of time to actually you know, have this codependent relationship established. And, 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 this, and, and the reality is if she had died earlier, you probably would have got lung cancer earlier. True. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because of your openness to women and your demands from them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's some things with my current relationship with my married far um, three years ago now. Yeah. Um, and uh, there has been spirits that have been, that have overcloaked her at times. Mm and uh, been quite angry about me being with her. Um, yes, well, you know, I don't like to comment with about people who are not in the room. I know she's yeah. in the <laughs> room next yeah. door, so she's hearing the conversation. But the reality is many women on the planet have a large degree of anger with men. They have very high expectations that men look after them financially and safety-wise in particular. And they, and they have a lot of fear that they get satisfied by a man's behavior. And, and the reality is those kind of women, if they have poor relationships with their mothers, are easily overcloaked by women in the spirit world with a lot of rage towards men. And those women in the spirit world will use the woman on earth to express that rage mm. towards the, usually their husbands. That makes sense? Yeah. Mm. And both of you are open to that. Mm for these reasons. You have a tendency though, Andrew, to, to blame the spirits now or to blame your ex-wife, but not actually deal with the causal emotion. Right. And the, ten the causal emotion is related to your mother, which is something that you still have not wanted to touch with regard to how she really treated you, how you felt when you were with her and those kind of things. You spend a little bit of time on it in terms of intellectually, 
but emotionally you just don't want to go I, there. I can't seem to to feel it. Exactly. There's a I, very strong a, feeling. A, in a you that, block. Well, mm. remember that every block you have is actually a reluctance that's inside of you emotionally. Yeah. You've got to feel why you don't want to feel about your mum rather than think about it. Yeah. So what are your feelings? Like what, what's your mum going to, what would your mum have done to you if you felt that she was not as nice a mum as, uh, as you believed her to be? What, what would she have done to you in your childhood? So if you started complaining about mum, how mum wanted all this sexual stuff from you, what would your mum have done to you, do you think? Any guesses that you might have about it? Which, well, I don't understand. I didn't know what I was doing. I know. And I would use it as a, a way to... Get her approval and acceptance. Get her approval and make get my way. Correct. I know. And... Uh, but she taught you to do that. Yeah. And my sister, she, um, I still have a, a huge amount of rage towards her. Um, I can't, she's uh, up here, coming up here. And, mm-hmm. uh, she's close now. And, yeah. and I really don't <laughs> want to tap into seeing and I don't know if I'm running away or. Well, I feel you want to avoid your relationship with your mother and anything that reminds you of it um, quite strongly, to be honest. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have such an extensive demand towards women that they make your sadness and give you com- go away and, and give you comfort and nurturing. Yeah. And remember, that's the emotion that's a primary cause of your cancer. Yeah. So there's a so this is the problem that I've had with every discussion I suppose you could say with every discussion that I've I've ever had with a person who has cancer of any type is you can highlight the addiction they have with them but the feeling coming from them is a very large degree of anger and reluctance to actually deal with that to addiction break the surface yeah and and you know, you're going to have to feel that if you ever want to cure yourself of the cancer. You yeah. follow? And most people never do feel it while they're on Earth, and so they pass with cancer. The very first thing they usually do is come back to Earth and still try to get the addictions met, which cause cancer in other people. And it's only after they stop doing that that they start looking at the emotion. This is what your ex-wife is doing. So your ex-wife passed already with a lot of rage towards men and, and a lot of um, demand towards women, which caused her cancer in the first place. Right. She passes. She now wants to come back to earth and blame you for her death and her, and, and her suffering right? because she can, because you're open to a woman blaming you right? and you're open to it emotionally. It's not what you think intellectually that has any bearing on the issue. It's what emotions you have that allow you to be open to control by a woman. And, and so she's, she's trying to harm you. She, she enjoys the fact that you've got cancer and she enjoys the fact that you're probably going to die from it is the way she sees it. Now, I don't feel you have to die from it because you can cure it. But what I'm saying to you is the chances of you curing it are fairly low unless you are willing to look at the addictions in a lot more of a sincere way than you currently are. Right. Does that make sense? 
And the reason why that's the case is because your addiction towards women is quite intense. It's covered over a lot of very deep sadness in you that you've not allowed yourself to feel. And you've spent many, many years of your life suppressing that sadness. Do you follow? Right. And many years of your life suppressing it by getting the woman to make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And because of that, it's, it's going to be a very difficult emotion for you to address. Because you've, you've had many years of practice doing it. Of, and how would you approach the... Uh... Well, there, we could go through a whole convoluted way of dealing with all your emotions, yeah. which, we've, which we talked about in the yeah. assistance groups recordings, yeah. and you've probably yeah, seen that. Yeah, I've been watching that. But for me, there's basically two things you have to do. Yeah, yeah. First thing is you have to emotionally feel the blockage you have towards giving up the addiction. Of women. Of wanting, nurturing and comfort from women. Yeah, I do. I still have it, I know. Yeah, I know you do. (laughs) And you have to emotionally feel the blockage you have to giving it up. In other words, at this point in time, inside of you emotionally, there's a belief that you should not have to give it up. Right. And what I'm suggesting to you is you've got to find the reason why you shouldn't have to give it up. You follow? Yeah. Now, this is why I asked you, if you had told your mother about, even if you went up to her right today and you said, Mum, you had an emotionally incestuous relationship with me, how do you think she would react to that? How dare you? Yes, she's in a very self-righteous place. She mm. believes herself to be moral. Mm. She believes herself to be like better than men. And here she's got her son, who she thinks she loves, right? Yeah. Saying to her that she's emotionally incestuous. And if you use the word incestuous specifically, well, she, she'd true. be very, very angry. It's, it's true, you know, because it wasn't physical, but it was on a. I, I know yeah. it's true, but I'm yeah. saying you don't want to feel how angry she's going to get with you if you raised it with her. Yeah. Uh, could I raise it with her? In of course you could. Even now? Yes. But, but also Anne had an emotionally sestuous relationship with you too. Yeah. You were much, much younger than her. She wanted dominance and control over you. She wanted your sexual feelings in order to feel better about herself. She got all of that from you, just like your mum did. And in fact, the only reason why she was angry with your mother is the two of them were in competition with each other for your attention. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So if the two of them are in competition, they've got to fight each other, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) Because they want total dominance of you. They're not happy with sharing. No. Now, there are some women who are happy with sharing. (laughs) So you get sometimes you get a wife and a mother who are domineering over the husband of the wife. Um, and they're happy to do so because both of them get the same thing from him and they're happy to share. But in your case, the women in your life don't, are not happy to share. <laughs> they, want, mm. they want total domination over you. They don't want mm. you to, be, to share you with anyone. Yeah, there was so much blame from Anne put on my mother yes. for the way that I was. And yes. she was the one saving me yes. or fixing me. She, Anne believed so. You mean? Yeah, yeah. because of the um, projections. Yeah. That's, well, that came out through Anne. Yeah. And, uh, but this is what I'm saying. Even those, 
even the understanding of that emotionally incestuous relationship came from the woman who was actually being emotionally incestuous with you. Mm. And, and that's an indication of how, like, she wasn't concerned about your emotional incestuous relationship with your mother so much as, as, far, as, it ex, as far as it affected her ability to control you totally. Mm. So in other words, she was only interested in correcting your relationship with your mother so that she could gain what your mother had. Mm. <laughs> so there was no love in that. That's why we moved away from Victoria. Yeah. And this mm. is what I find many people do. They notice something wrong in the other person, and particularly spirits who help them to get to that place of noticing, notice it, and then they use it and manipulate it for their own advantage, which is exactly what Anne did with you. She mm. manipulated your injury with your mother to her own advantage. Mm. That's, it takes a dark person to do that. Mm. It's not a bright person. It's not a person connected with God. No. Mm. So, so now what, what do you do about it? Well, there's only two things I feel you can do. One is to release the emotional blockages related to why you don't want to give up your projections at women. Mm. Right? They are all the demands, are the demands you have at women. They are the feeling that they should give you nurturing and comfort and that's their role. Why mm. aren't they doing it? I'm doing everything I can do to help them. Why aren't they doing it for me? Yeah. Does that make sense? The willingness to even barter yourself emotionally and physically is all about what you want from them. It's got nothing to do with you being sort of what I would classify as, um, what's the word, a, a loving individual. It's got everything to do with you wanting, or altruistic, it's got everything to do with you wanting something in return. Demanding. The demand that's coming in return that you want satisfied. Mm. You follow? And you want that, you wanted that satisfied by her. Mm. By, by your mother initially, because she created that addiction in you, mm. and then by Anne, who supplied the addiction. And what did you barter in return? You bartered control. You, you gave up your life and gave up responsibility for decisions and so forth and gave it all to her. Now, you tell yourself that it's because of another injury, and that's because you believed at the time that spirits, people who could talk to spirits, were in a better condition than you were. Mm. Right? But that was just another injury as well. That was the reason you supplied to yourself for doing it, not the actual, not the, not the recognition of the emotion you had. The emotion you had was you wanted it. You want a woman to give you comfort and, you know, nurturing. You want that because it makes your sadness with women go away. Mm. You follow? And that's the challenge you have. The challenge you have is giving up that addiction, giving up this huge emotional desire you have of what you want from women. Now, that's the underlying causal emotion. But as I said, on top of that are your blockages to feeling that emotion. And at this stage, you can hardly even touch that emotion. You, you don't let yourself even feel that causal emotion or release it. And what I'm suggesting to you is because that's because you have blockages to, to letting it go. Mm. You have reasons why you don't want to let it go. Yeah. And what I'm saying to you is you're going to have to feel those reasons. You follow me? 
you're going to have to feel the reasons why you don't want to let go of the idea and concept emotionally that women should nurture and comfort you. That's their role. Mm. And you're going to have to work out why you don't want to let that go. And to do that, you're going to have to feel anger, you know, feel like what you want from them, <laughs> you know, mm. what they should give you, firstly. Because they are the reasons why you don't want to let it go. Because you feel that it, they should give it to you. Mm. You follow? And if you can go down that track, then you can, you, you, you've got a hope of curing the cancer. Whether you're in the spirit world or here on earth doesn't really matter because you're still going to have it. Yeah. You follow? Unless you let go of that emotion. <coughs> yeah, I've been watching myself um, wanting a fix. Just hang on a sec. One of our lights have gone off. Mm. Um, yeah, so so that that to me is one of the primary things that it's going to be very, very difficult for you to give up. This this concept or idea that you should get from women comfort and nurturing. And and one of the reasons why you feel you should get it is because you give them things. <laughs> mm. You know, you give them barter. you barter with them and they should give it in return. That's one of the reasons why you do it. But it's not the it's not the primary reason why you it's do not it. the true love. Yeah. Well, it's not true love, but you can tell yourself all those things. But the problem with telling yourself all those things is that in the end of the day, that helps you get away from the emotion. You need to just feel the emotion as a, yeah. as a blockage. You follow me? So yeah. instead of just telling yourself, oh, I'm a terrible man because I have this terrible thing <laughs> towards women, mm. you need to instead feel the anger you feel about why you want it. Why do you? Like, I want this from them and they should give it to me, damn it. And. Like feel that feeling that you want from them mm. and feel how you feel when you don't get it. Mm. Like, so if a woman's not sexually interested in you and is not emotionally interested in you and doesn't nurture you and comfort you, how do you feel then about women? Mm. And if you notice those feelings, you'll notice they're quite angry. Mm. Right? And you need to let yourself feel those feelings. The angry feelings are part of your blockage. You have to let yourself feel them. Because if you don't, yeah, it's almost at this stage that you're almost addicted to this concept that you're a good man, that you do you do good by women, is is the is the concept you have. And mm. what I'm suggesting to you is actually no, you only do good by women because you want something in return. That's the only reason why you're doing it. Right. That's what I'm suggesting to you. Now it's not a judgment of you. It's a it's, an, it's a condition that got established in your childhood. Mm. Right. It's an emo- but it is an emotion in you that you demand this from women and you desperately want it. Right? And when they don't give it, you're pretty upset with them about it. Mm. Even though you don't express your upset, because if you did, there's a higher likelihood they won't give it to you, right? So you can't go all angry on them, can you? Because if you do that, then there's a higher likelihood you'll get less from them. <coughs> Mm. Yeah, how are you going physically? You're okay. Yeah. But, so, so there's a higher likelihood you'll get less from them if you if you verbalise how you feel. So you don't hardly ever verbalise how you feel with women, but you do expect these things from them, right? So it's an unwritten law that if I'm gonna have, if a woman's gonna have a relationship with you, she's gonna make you feel like you don't have to take responsibility for your life. Like you, she's going to comfort you, nurture you, take care of you, look after you. You'll go out and do the work because that's part of the man's role. But the rest of it, 
she's got to do. That's her love. That's her expression of her love for you. That's mm. how your sadness goes away. You follow? And you've got to let yourself feel your anger about not getting it. You follow? Mm. That, and that's a bit you're not letting yourself feel for a lot of reasons. That you've got judgment about anger. You feel that when a person gets angry, it means they're not very spiritual. Yeah. Um, you've got judgment about anger in terms of feeling like it's out of control and a person who's spiritual is in control. You've got feelings that um, if you express your anger, you might overdo it and harm the relationship um, and you don't want to do that because otherwise then you won't definitely get what you want from women. So there's quite a number of emotional reasons why you don't express your anger. I, I have started. Uh, I hadn't believed in Hitting yep. anything. Yeah, yeah. But I have started. That's good. Yeah. And you need to continue that. Mm. And uh, you also need to look at these beliefs you have associated with your openness to spirits. Because mm. they're drawing, women's spirits are drawing a lot of energy out of your body. Because you're willing to give it. Mm. And why are you willing to give it? Because you get in return <laughs> a feeling of being looked after and, and so forth. I feel like I'm carrying, you know. You are. You're yeah. carrying a load. You are. But but it's your choice. You, you'd rather carry the load than get attacked. Hmm. That's part of the barter. And the, the, my concern for you is you're not seeing it as your choice. Sorry? You're not seeing it as your choice. You're mm. seeing it as other... You, a lot of people with cancer have this problem, uh, Andrew, where they always see their cancer as ex- externally, call, externally caused. Mm. Do you follow me? An adult cancer is never externally caused. It has mm. external influences, so spirits in particular, mm. but it's not externally caused. you follow? Yeah. It's always caused by something that's out of harmony with love of yourself or someone else inside of yourself. Mm. It's not externally to yourself. In fact, the person who gets cancer has the, has the problem, not the people around them. Do you follow mm. me? So in, when Anne died, she was the one with the problem. She was trying to blame you for it, of course, which is partly what cancer, pe- cancer victims mm. do. They try to blame other people for their cancer. But the reality is she is... totally responsible for the creation of cancer inside of her own body. Her body is connected to her soul. Her soul and her body are interacting with each other. It's the soul's emotions that caused her cancer. The same applies to you. Nobody else's emotions causes your cancer. And and this is the thing you've got to come to accept, that Mm. if you're going to cure it, you have to first take responsibility that there has to be some emotion out of harmony with love inside of yourself that causes it. You follow? Yeah. And it's got to be related to the demand upon others and your willingness to comply to get that demand met. So it's a codependent addiction that you have with other people, wanting women, and I'm talking women here in particular, wanting women to meet your addiction. And you're so bound up in getting them to meet your addiction that you'll do anything for them, of course, just in order to get the addiction met. But the, the angry demand coming out of you is not being recognised yet. In, and by recognised, I mean by being felt by you. So when you get angry, what are you getting angry about? Are you getting angry about how women treat you? 
or are you getting angry about your demands that you have towards women or are you just getting angry about the fact that you have cancer? I'm getting angry about the demands or like if I've it's not the cancer mm-hmm. um, I've had moments where I've been you know self looking at self and thinking I'm you know feeling sad but no it's not really I accept that the cancer is coming from inside me and uh, I can't agree with that no no you intellectually accept that I agree all right but emotionally not no okay no and that's what I'm uh, asking you to feel why you don't emotionally accept it yet and this is the problem is that you've had a, a life now of many many years of suppressing emotion so a lot of the emotion that you have inside of yourself, you don't even recognise yourself. What's up or down or true. Or... Correct. You, you don't know. And then you've also had a lot of manipulation by women in particular. And so it's so easy for a woman to convince you that your emotion that you think you're feeling is actually something else. Right. Does that make sense? And they've caused you to distance yourself. Your mother caused you to distance yourself from yourself emotionally. So you've lived in your head a lot. Yeah. Right? Intellectually analysing everything. Analytical. Yes. To the point of destruction. Yeah. 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 In fact, you'd go over and that's what partly what made you feel crazy sometimes, right? You were going over and over in your head everything all the time without feeling about it. Right? Yeah. And, and this is the problem that you've had because, you, and it's all about suppression of emotion. You follow? Yeah. So this is, this is the problem you will face. The problem you will face in addressing the cancer is allowing yourself to get to an emotional place where you recognise the demand that you have towards women. Do you follow? Right. Feeling it emotionally, actually feeling the demand that's coming out of you towards them and feeling what you're willing to do to get it. Yeah. You follow? Because there's quite a lot you're willing to do to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that um, sometimes I put a facade on, I suppose, when a woman comes into my presence and I have a, a certain format that I you do? do to... Yep. And that's part of the facade. That's yeah. part of the facade. That's and preventing you from feeling the anger in you. The hurt. And the hurt, hurt yeah. Self. yeah. That stops me, the facade. Yeah, the facade is stopping you from feeling some of this blocked emotion that you have. Right, which is the blockages towards feeling the underlying grief. So you've got, you've got two layers of emotions going on, really. There's one layer above, which is the blocking emotion. The mm. blocking emotions are all of your belief systems that are out of harmony with love associated with women. So they include things like, the woman has to nurture me. The woman's role is to nurture me. The woman has to comfort me when I feel down. The woman has to make my sadness go away. She's got to make me feel sexually desirable and so forth and so forth. These are projections you have at women. And by the way, women don't have to do any of those things. But you believe they do. And you need to feel those beliefs, not Mm. just think them. You follow? Mm. If you don't feel those beliefs, you will never get to the underlying feeling which caused those beliefs. And the underlying feeling that caused those beliefs is a deep sadness in your relationship with your mother that you're yet to feel about at all. Mm. That's the underlying cause of those belief systems. Your desire to not feel your deep sadness with your mother 
is causing the belief systems that women should do a number of things for you to make this sadness go away. If I mm. Then there's the additional side-based influence, which is your openness to spirits influencing you, and in particular women spirits. And the reason why you're open to women spirits is because, one, you're open to women generally, and two, you have a belief that anybody who can communicate with spirits is in a better condition than somebody who can't. Hmm. Right? And that's not true. So you need to feel about that belief too. Why do you believe that somebody who demonstrates some magical qualities of being able to communicate with spirits is all of a sudden in a better condition? Mm. There's got to be reasons in, in your life that caused you to believe that. The dismantling of those beliefs, that's the that's, starting point. That's the starting point. Now, to dismantle any belief, you have to feel it. Right? Yeah. One of the reasons why you want spirits to tell you what to do and one of the reasons why you want women to tell you what to do is because you don't want to take responsibility for making the decisions yourself. Right. Do you understand? Yeah. So that's an underlying feeling. Mm. But, but all I'm trying to do here now is give you some ideas of where you're going to go. But you're going to have to feel the emotion as to why you, don't, why you want women to make these decisions for you. And part, part of those emotions are going to be, what happens when you make a mistake with a decision? If you go way, way back into your childhood, if you made a mistake in a decision that your mother noticed, how would she treat you? In a hostile manner. She'd angry and hostile, right? And, and verging on violence, really, without, and particularly emotional violence. Without physical. Without being physical about it, which was probably worse for you you probably would have rather someone just belt you and forget about it mm. than someone who just constantly torture you about it emotionally, right? That's what you're, one of the things you're afraid of. Mm. Right? You don't, to you make know. her unhappy. Yeah. You're, well, you, no, you, not to make her unhappy, but her, when she's unhappy, what she will do with that is mm. what you're afraid of. You're yeah, af- I wouldn't even get to that. I'd stop her from being unhappy. Correct. So I wasn't even touching the... What happens if she's not happy? Yeah. It's correct. Yeah. You follow? I haven't even touched her. You haven't even got there yet. Mm. Yeah. And this is the problem that you face, is that dealing with cancers requires feeling your anger and rage, which are a lot of your blocking emotions, the emotions that stop you from feeling the real grief that's there, mm. feeling your demands, feeling them and not engaging them anymore. You watching, watching myself. I have been watching myself. <laughs> And a few of um, the people come up and they, they tell me what I'm doing. And I think, true. But they laugh at the, I, I, I have a repertoire that sort of makes them feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and so they enjoy it. And so but they, they, they ignore that, but you know, like to verbalize it out loud, um, um, is very good for me to have a look now. Of course. Because they're a true friend in the sense that they're watching. Yeah, see I, see, I don't see those people as being true friends. The reason why I don't is because if a person knows what you're doing with them in order to feed one of your own addictions, then they themselves, if they allow that to continue, are complicit. And if they laugh about it, they're definitely complicit. Right. So, 
So I would see that as, uh, well, somebody's being complicit there in, in that. They, they don't mind that you do it. Mm. Uh, and what I'm suggesting to you is someone who loves you would actually mind that you do it. <laughs> yeah. You follow me? If they truly loved you, they would go, no, this is killing you, mate. Yeah. You know, this is not good. It's not something we can laugh about. It's actually quite dangerous what you're doing mm. to your own health. So, Absolute truth. So I feel that people come up and tell you truths in a way that they're relaxed about it and okay about it all. They're not really caring for you or loving you yet. Mm. They're basically telling you that they know something about you that they really still want you to continue. Mm. And if if they really loved you, they wouldn't want you to continue it. And they wouldn't want to get it from you. Yeah. If they really loved you. Do you follow? Mm. So, you know, my feelings are if people do that with you, then, yeah, it's a demonstration. Actually, there's not as much love there as you might think. But I feel that you want to believe women love you. Mm. So even when they point out something that you do in a, in a relaxed manner, you feel that's them acknowledging things and you feel that's good, but I feel that's actually worse. If they know it's happening and they're not doing anything about it personally, then they're complicit in your behaviour. So that's actually, mm. that's actually worse yeah. than not knowing. Mm. That's knowing and enjoying. <laughs> it's like me, if I knew that you... If I knew that I could manipulate you by doing something, right, and making you feel a certain thing, and I chose to do it, that's worse than me doing it without knowing. Mm. A lot of women like this with you. Yeah. They even know what you do. And they like it. Yeah, well, I've come a, away from when I used to sexually project. I don't do that now, but um, I used to use that as a tool to do it. Where now I, I, I feel that I'm um, I'm not doing that. It's, uh... I don't know if I could agree with that statement either. No, um... I still... There's a feeling in you that you'll almost do anything when the situation is right to get those feelings from women. So you're selective now in whom you, to whom you sexually project. But, and so you sexually project at your wife, for example, but you're still not seeing that that is because you want something in return. Right. So, so while you might not sexually project at every woman you meet like you might have done before, Mm. Um, or every attractive woman you meet is probably a better definition of what you would do before. You certainly are still willing to sexually project at your wife in order to get what's in return. So there's, a, there's, a, there's to me there's a, there's a pure sexual projection, which is a, f- a feeling of sexual desire for a person without a feeling of needing the, the desire to be reciprocated or to be acted upon by that person. Mm. Does that make sense? Now that's a pure sexual feeling for the person. An impure sexual feeling for the person is when you have a sexual projection going towards the person of sexual desire or longing, but it's all about getting something in return from them, feeling of nurturing or feeling like you've 
comforted by the, by that feeling. Do you follow? Mm. And that's what you're doing. Right. So when the need arises, I, I still do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a pure longing of sexual. It's not a pure sexual desire coming out of you towards the towards your towards your wife, for example, because if it was pure, it would not require anything in return. Mm. And it's impure because you have this underlying demand established with your mother that that you get something in return. And while now you're not, you know, you're wanting comfort and you still want the comfort emotion, you still want the nurture emotion, you still want the emotional engagement, you still want from them to make your sadness go away. You want things from them. Mm. Do you follow? Yeah. Yeah. And so while you may not sexually project at every woman now, or most women, um, you still do use sexual projection as a way to get what you want from women. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm. So you've got to be careful, you know, sometimes, because a, a pure rela- sexual relationship is where I have desire for my girl, you know, like, so I have desire for Mary. She's in this other room, that's why I look that side. Hello, baby. <laughs> and... Um, I have a desire for her without expecting anything from her. Mm. So I don't have the need, as you called it earlier, just five minutes earlier, to engage sexually with her, even though I have a sexual longing for her. So we can go without sex for many months, Mm. right? It's very dependent upon what I feel from her in return as to whether we will engage. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's not, it's not, I'm not going to engage it at, or, or project that at her just so that she can comfort me or make me feel good about myself or any of those kind of things. Mm. You follow? I understand. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to get at with you is that there is a huge demand towards women that is causing your cancer. And it's an anger demand, an angry-based demand. Right. And the angry-based demand is they should always make your sadness go away. They should make you feel comfort. They should make you feel nurtured, make you feel comfortable, make you feel good about yourself, and they have to do it. And this is about covering over the sadness, not the worth inside of you. You think it's worth, but if it was worth, it would be in your bowel, the cancer. All right. But it's not. It's in your chest. And your chest is a lot about sadness, not worth. Do you follow me? So this is about sadness, not worth. If you had bowel cancer, then it would be about worth. Yeah. It's not about worth. You, your worth is actually quite good in comparison with your sadness. In fact, you believe that they should do a whole heap of things for you. <laughs> yeah. And you're sad about it, about things with women that you are unwilling to address and you use this bartering situation with women to cover over the sadness so you don't have to cry. Right. Mm. Makes sense? Now, if you had an issue with worth, then you would have bowel cancer most probably. Mm. And, and that would all be about your worth. You're getting worth from projecting things at women. You desperately want them to make you feel better about yourself. That's not what I'm suggesting here. What I'm suggesting is you desperately want the woman to make your sadness go away. Mm. That's what you want from them. You follow? Yeah. You want, and it's your sadness about love that you want to go away. Mm. So you're actually very sad about love mm. with the opposite gender. 
and you want the woman to make that sadness go away. So this is not about your worth, it's about your sadness. Your sadness is there, and your worth there. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. And it's not about your sexual worth even, because that would be prostate cancer then. Yeah. Can you see the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So this is specifically about your sadness about love. Yeah. You feel that? I do. Yeah. And with women, you've got this sadness about love with women. You feel like if you look back and reflect upon your relationship with Anne, which is the attraction, your relationship with Anne was you felt yourself to be love with her. You now feel that she didn't love you. And you feel like you gave her 25, 27 years of your life and she didn't, she just manipulated you the whole time. This is how you feel. I wasted all that time. Yeah, that's part of your feeling of sadness. You follow? Yeah. That's your causal emotion. Yeah. Then you've got a whole series of blockages. The blockages are related to the emotions related to the demands you have. I want, I don't want to have to feel that sadness. I don't want to have to feel this sadness that I have about love. What I want to do instead is I want to actually get the woman to make, love me so that I don't have to feel all that. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I've <coughs> reflected a little bit and I've never been without a, I don't know, a partner for a long time. No. I've always managed to, um, yeah. well, managed, this, that's a justification. It's always happened that I've always been at... It would have always happened, yeah, because of the huge desire you have to have the woman cover over your sadness. If you were alone for any period of time, your sadness would have been exposed. You follow? That's and your sadness about love would have been exposed then. So you have a desperate need to not, to always have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, a lot of people have, right? The difference is for you is that you've got an anger-based projection that you're willing to do almost anything to get this sadness covered over, to get it suppressed, Mm. rather than just cry about it. Now, if you let yourself feel the sadness about love that you have, that's the causal emotion right, that you're avoiding. That's, that's not causing you cancer, though. That's the actual causal emotion you're avoiding, which is sadness about love. Right? It's the avoidance of the causal emotion and what you do in your avoidance that's causing you cancer. Do you follow me? Do you yeah. see the distinction? One is the actual emotion itself, which is this grief about love, and the other is the justifications you have to get that emotion Avoided, to avoid it, to to not confront it, to not feel it. Cancer is caused not by you having the emotion, but by you avoiding the emotion and using unloving techniques to avoid it. You follow? Mm. That's what causes the cancer. It's the use of unloving techniques to avoid that causes cancer, not the actual emotion you're avoiding. Right. It's about not being truthful to 
to the emotion or well that's part of it there's a whole like i say there's reasons why you don't want to feel the grief mm. so in a discussion with myself you'll start to touch the grief but in normal day-to-day life and particularly when you're with women you don't touch that grief at all and and you do a whole heap of things to avoid that grief and it's the unloving things you do to avoid the grief that cause your cancer you follow mm. Yeah. Just like if I had bowel cancer, it's the unloving things I do to avoid my worth that would cause my bowel cancer. If I had prostate cancer, it's the unloving things I do to avoid my sexual worth mm. uh, that causes my prostate cancer. If I have uh, lung cancer, it's the unloving things I do to avoid my sadness with men or women, or both, that cause my cancer. Not the actual feeling of grief that's in there, but rather the unloving things I do to avoid the grief. Right. Do you see the distinction? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the unloving things you do to avoid your grief about love that you need to address. And what I'm suggesting is you have those unloving feelings are the blockages to you feeling the grief. And those unloving feelings include... I should get what I want from women. Women should make me feel comfortable. They should make me feel good. They should make me feel desirable. All of these things help me avoid my grief. Do you follow? So that's what they have to do. They have to do those things to make me avoid my grief. So as soon as I find myself um, with those expectations, remove myself and just look... And well, no, what you need to do is feel the expectations as they are coming out of you. Feel it. See, looking at it intellectually doesn't get you anywhere. You need to feel the anger you have about, no, I should get this, and feel why you have that anger. What belief inside of you causes you to have this anger? Mm. What belief do you have that causes you to believe that you should get these things from women? Mm. That's the problem. It's the belief, the false belief that's unloving, that's causing your cancer. That's the thing you need to get rid of. Do you follow? And it Mm. needs to come out of you emotionally, because it's an emotionally in there. You know, it's not an intellectual thought you're having. It's driving every part of your behaviour with women. So it's not even an intellectual thought. It's just an emotion that causes you, as soon as you're with a woman, bang, you're in there. Mm. Do you follow? With that unloving demand. and you'll do things and pander to them and you know you'll even accept that you're worth less than them and everything in order to get it as you said earlier you learnt that that was how you could manipulate your mother Mm. and this is now how you're manipulating women you follow? and it's the manipulation of them that's causing the cancer It's not the actual grief associated with love. That's the underlying harm that you have to feel. Mm. But it's the covering over of that grief which causes your cancer through rage or anger. And it's the angry demands you need to feel. So I hope I'm making myself clear there. It's like there's a a distinction that most people don't get when it comes to dealing with their emotions. They don't get the distinction between the blocking emotion, which is the anger-based emotions that you need to release 
you know, the, yeah. the, the, the addictive emotions you need to release, the reasons why you justify to yourself why this conduct is okay. Mm. So, so for 27 years with Anne, you justified that pandering to her, doing whatever she wanted, agreeing with her all the time, was, was a good enough reason to do, you, you did all of those things so that you got some things from her. Yeah. And the things you wanted from her were that she helps you overcome your grief with women, your sadness about love. Mm. Yeah, I know we've gone around in circles, but you keep on, it's good, it's good for me because I'm getting the concept. It's not, not the um, uh, emotion of sadness that I have of, with so, love. That's causing the cancer. Causing the cancer. It's Correct. my barriers that I put put up around that I'm not willing to. Uh, um, I've, they're so uh, ingrained in my nature that I don't even know that I'm doing it to a degree. I suppose. And Correct. I, I need to address when I start that and address it not intellectually, but uh, emotionally. Feel why this is going on. Correct. Why do I? want this re- response from that person. But we need to be even more specific. You don't just want it. You angrily want it. Demand it. You demand it. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Like it's one thing for me to desire something, quite another for me to angrily demand something. Yeah. Do you see the difference? It's like one is based almost on a hope, that you hope you have it, but if you don't get it, well, that's fine. Right? Yeah, that's not I mean, how you feel. When yeah. it comes to women in this projection... If you don't get it, you just feel like, um, you know, you do feel like being angry with them. You, you do, and you realize you can't be because if you are, then you don't get it. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, right? Yeah. But, mm. but the reality is you, you are angry with them internally. Mm. And this is what I'm saying. You need to see it as it really is. So that's why we're going over it and over it because I can feel that there's still this unwillingness in you to see the anger in it. Mm. You don't see how angry it is. You follow? Yeah. You still want to tell yourself that, oh, it's not, I'm not so angry. or And, and there's a reason why. Because you, you judge anger a lot. Like, I don't judge it. Like I feel anger is a great path to healing. That's why I've said anger is your guide. You know, we had a whole, I had a whole four-hour seminar about yeah. that. Anger is your guide here, certainly. Yeah. You're not going to see what you do unless you start feeling some of this anger that you have about the issue itself. You follow? Mm. And that's why we're going over it. I'm trying to explain it to you so you can see the distinction between the emotion that you're trying to cover over, which is not causing your your cancer, and the attempt to cover over the emotion, which is causing your cancer. And uh, you see the difference? Yeah. If you just had this other emotion and decided not to feel it, but had no angry projection coming out of you, like I said to you, you'd probably get pneumonia or heart disease instead. Mm. Do you follow? Yeah. But no, you have the angry emotion coming out of you instead, which is causing the demand, this demand emotion towards women, which is causing the cancer. Do you mm. follow me? That's the one that's covering over the grief about love. Mm. That's why you can't easily connect to the grief about love, yeah. because you actually believe you shouldn't have to. Mm. Some woman should come along and make it all go away. Yeah. Right. I can see that. Yeah. 
And that's why you've very rarely been without a woman or a woman all your life. Mm. Whether it's mum or, you know, girlfriend or wife or whatever. Yeah. Because because this, this it, it, it's such a panic for you to be alone. Because if you're mm. alone, you don't get this feeling from women. <laughs> you know? It probably would have been the best thing for me. Possibly, yeah. But but not not why you continue to have the projection, of course. Sooner or later, you're going to attract the woman who will satisfy the projection. You see, most, most relationships are codependent. A woman who wants to satisfy your projection also wants control over a man. And she looks at you and she goes, wow, you're attractive because, because I can control you. I can domineer you while you have that emotion. Mm. Does that make sense? So mm. a woman's going to be attracted to be with you in order to domineer you or to take control of your life. Right? Yeah. She's going to like that. It makes her feel like she doesn't have to, she doesn't have to be vulnerable. She doesn't have to be frightened. She doesn't have to be scared. She's got control of everything. Mm. She doesn't have to give her heart either, by the way. Mm. You give yours to her, right? So you feel. But even that is because you demand some things in return. Mm. You demand nurturing, comfort, all the things that will make your sadness with love go away so yeah. you don't have to feel it. Mm. And it's the action of wanting those things that cause your cancer, not the underlying sadness with love that's causing your cancer. The underlying sadness with love is the emotion you'll get to eventually and feel through. Right? That, that'll heal you from this relationship problem, but it won't heal you from your cancer. Mm. Right? What will heal you from your cancer is feeling your demands, your expectations, why you want women to do this. Mm. That's what's going to heal you from your cancer. Right? And this desire or wanting of women to do this is also causing spirit attractions of, pe- of women who have cancer to you. Right. Who then can also influence your body. Follow? Mm. Yeah. So that's the secondary cause of your issue. But not the primary. The primary is your own desire to suppress. And the desire to want somebody else to do it for you instead of you doing it yourself. You don't want to be alone and feel your sadness. You want to be with a woman so you don't have to. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. You, you can see the distinction. Yeah. Yep. It gives me something to work with. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, whether you pass or not, this problem is going to still exist. Yeah. In the spirit world, you will attract a whole a woman who want to domineer and control you, and you want to give them things still, and the whole dynamic will still exist, whether mm. you pass or don't with this problem. You're better off dealing with the problem no matter how sick you are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no yeah. matter how sick you get, you yeah, want to deal with this problem. This is, uh, whether I'm here or on the other Whether side. you're here or there, the reality is you'll still be attracted to these kind of relationships. Yeah. And in, and in fact, possibly would choose women on earth who are willing to enter those relationships with you when you're in a spirit form. That would be sad. Yeah, it would be, because that would cause them cancer. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, this is what's happened to you with, with Anne. Yeah. Yeah. So she's in a very, she's in a dark condition, Andrew. Anne is. 
Yeah, well, that's. Um, I've, I've never felt her presence for a long time, but I've felt influenced by. I feel you're not aware enough to feel the woman's presence. Like, except where the woman will give you the emotion you want, and she's certainly unwilling to do so now. She what she or what she wants to do and wants to do to you now is just hurt you. Mm. That's all she wants to do to you, and you're not very willing to feel those kind of women because that's the emotion you're suppressing about love. Do you follow me? So you're suppressing sadness with women about love, yeah. sadness about love. When a woman's angry with you, it triggers this this sadness about love that you have. So yeah. you don't want to feel that. So you're pretty numb to women who are doing that. So you're very numb to anybody who's angry, a woman who's angry. Yeah. You're pretty numb to it. You don't really even notice them so much, really. True. Do you know what I mean? You call it You call it a strong woman. You almost yeah. admire it. I just stand back and... Let them do their thing. And yeah. But you're not sensitive to it, is what I'm suggesting. Sensitive, no. When, you, when a person's sensitive, you can feel around you who's with you and what their real desires are. Right? And you can't do that with women. No. Because you're only interested in what your desires are with women and what you're going to have to do to them to get what you want in return. Right. You follow? Yeah. And this is very confronting for you emotionally to see because the reality is you've always believed yourself to be a, a man who's always good to women. Yeah, yeah, I've always. But you're not examining the reason why you're always good to women. The barter. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So perhaps if we can summarise, the cancer is not caused by the causal emotion, which is... When I say causal emotion, the underlying emotion of grief associated with love with women. That's not the cause of the cancer, but that is the trigger for the suppression. In other yeah. words, you have that emotion and you're trying to suppress it. Yeah. And you're try- the attempt to suppress it, in the attempt to suppress that grief, you are attempting to use women to suppress the grief. You need women around you to help you suppress this grief inside of you. Yeah. That unloving projection at women is causing you cancer. And you feel that you should be able to demand that from them. Mm. And it's the angry demand, this unloving, angry demand that causes this cancer. And then the secondary issue is that you are very open to spirit influence. And the reason why you are is because you have a belief that anyone who can speak with spirits is in a more developed state than a person who's not. And this causes you to feel like you wish to be open to speaking to spirits mm. in an effort to prove that you're in a better state than you believe yourself to be. Right? And that allows you openness to women projections from the spirit world to actually harm your body as yeah. well. Right? Yeah. It's also the reason why you spent 27 years with Anne. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If if I spent five minutes with a woman like Anne, <laughs> that'd be enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sad now because I feel like most of my life is consumed in that relationship. 
Well, yeah, but, mm. but you know, you have to have a compassion for that because the reality is your mum groomed you for that. Mm. So, so, sure, have the sadness about it, but there is really some anger that you're going to have to feel with mum as well at some point that she... How, how did I become that way? Yeah, she groomed you to, yeah. to become that man. Mm. And she groomed you even into this behaviour you have now. Of course, you've had, you've had 56 years to address the behaviour and mm. you've avoided addressing it because you've avoided your sadness and you wanted a method to do so. But, but the reality is you've had, you know, you've had a fairly, what I would classify as a, almost a brainwashed condition before you began. True. With women. No. Otherwise, you would never have accepted a 27-year relationship with a woman who felt she was superior to you. Mm. Mm. I always justified it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. 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 And uh, I'm just thinking, too, that my friend Igor has the same problem as yourself. Mm. Something for you to bear in mind, my friend. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's an issue. You know, it's an issue that um, many men face, where they have incestuous, emotionally incestuous relationships set up with their mothers, and then to avoid the pain or the sadness of those particular relationships generate inside of themselves, they enter an emotionally incestuous relationship with a partner who has to fulfill those needs. Does that make sense? Mm. And the role of the partner, uh, uh, the sexual and other role of the partner, is to give them comfort, nurturing, look after them, and in particular care for them sexually and physically. Mm. You know, that uh, the roles that the woman, it's imposed upon the woman to fulfill. And those projections, when they're angrily expressed in suppression of the sadness, can cause cancer. That's, that's the underlying causes. So it's not, you know, and I want to reiterate this, it's not the actual motion of sadness that's yeah. causing the cancer, it's yeah. the suppression or the, the way in which you're suppressing the covers the emotion of sadness. Avoidance. Yeah. Yes. And not intellectually approach them but emotionally feel them yes see well i've got the same level of sadness or probably more intense level of sadness that i have about love with with women and men in my life in my chest Mm. right even right now i've got some in my left side that's that i'm feeling pretty much every day the difference between myself and you though is i don't project at the woman that she's got to make it go away hmm so I'm more prone to something like heart disease or, or um, like pneumonia than I am, which I've had three times in my life, pneumonia, um, than I am towards getting cancer in my chest. Do you follow me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's important to make the distinction. Yeah. And what we do when we have these sessions about health, you know, we'll be talking about some back cancer. My suggestion is to have a listen to them, you know. I would love to. Yeah. Right. Is there a chance of um, having a recording of it? Or? Well, we have them all on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And oh, right. We can okay. put them up, we'll put them on a disc, but we'll probably be recording them over the coming few months 
yeah. and slowly getting them up in amongst a lot of other important things we want to do as well. But but we feel a lot of people have this, uh, you know, quite a few people have contacted us recently who have cancer who wanted to have a discussion. And in each case, um, in some cases, we feel the person not even ready for the discussion. And, and, you know, in my own case with yourself, I've been feeling, is he ready yet? Is he ready yet? <laughs> Does know, that make sense? I'll tell you. Um, I rang up. And I spoke to Mary as a last resort. I didn't want to. I felt it was imposing on you know, yeah. <clears throat> but I did it. And uh, well, I feel that was more of an expression of your true desire to get some feedback, whereas yeah. I feel some of the emails were more of a like. This is what I notice about many people with cancer. Now that they have a life-threatening illness, they want some answers. Hmm but they didn't want the answers before then. Yeah. And my feelings are, when, you, if you, if, when I gave you some time previously, you didn't want the answers. Mm. So why should I give my time to you now that you do want the answers? Yeah. Can you see too that if you'd thought about some of the things that I'd said three or four years ago, you may not have cancer now? True. Right? So... so what I've got to do when I when I feel somebody wanting some of my time is I go, well, now, I've tried to give that person time in the past and they haven't wanted the answers and now they only want the answer because they feel their life is threatened. And, I, and to be honest with you, Andrew, I don't feel any threat to your life. And the reason why I don't feel any threat to your life is because whether you pass or not, you're still alive. Mm, yeah. So to me... To me, the consideration of somebody passing or not passing is not a consideration as to why I give them feedback. Mm. You follow? I give them feedback because I feel that they might be emotionally open to it. Well, what happened was after the phone call, I, I let it out. Yeah. I had a lot of needy... That's what uh, I felt from you. A lot and, of needy and, anger almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just... When and let like, it all out. You know, That's, I hope you didn't feel it, but I bashed my. Well, no, I felt and, all the stuff before then. <laughs> but <laughs> then when I let it out, and then I just booked a ticket to Thailand, and I said, "Look, we better go before it's too late." Yeah. And we only made it a week and a half before it to come back. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I feel that you letting go of that projection at me. Yeah. Is what caused me to say, yes, Andrew, I think we'll have the meeting. Yeah. Do you absolutely. follow me? Yeah, I feel And that. the reason why was before then, I, I felt <coughs> a strong demand from you that we have the meeting. And the demand was coming from a place going, don't you realize I'm sick? Don't you realize that you've got to help me get better now? And, and yet the reality is, like my feelings are, no, you had opportunities to listen before, but you didn't take them. Mm. And why should I now spend my time just because you believe your life is threatened? I don't believe your life is threatened. Mm. But the release, freed, and the next thing, I see an email. Correct. The release is what lets you go through the process of getting rid of the reason why you've got all these demands at people. What I've noticed is that every single person with anger has a large, with cancer, sorry, has a large amount of demands towards others whether those people know them or not. And in fact, if you think about it, most people with cancer who pass, pass 
with a lot of people needing to care for them just before they pass. Mm. And there's a reason why that illness creates that demand. Whereas something like a brain tumor, most people pass very, mm. very, very rapidly. And the reason why is because they don't want anybody to look after them or care for them. Right? Whereas mm. a, people, a person with cancer has the underlying demand that other people look after them and care for them and nurture them. That's why they, their passing is dragged out generally mm. so that other people actually engage that addictive demand. You follow me? So these are all challenging things that when we talk about the cancer as an illness, a lot of people with cancer will find very, very challenging to, to accept. But at the end of the day, they are the real emotions that cause the disease. Mm. Yeah. God's laws are operating perfectly in your case. This is mm. something you need to come to appreciate. The perfect operation of God's laws can cause disease when we are attempting to suppress the underlying emotion. Now, God's law is saying don't suppress underlying emotion. That's God's law. Mm. You follow? And when we suppress underlying emotion, we are already against God's law. That's what we're attempting to do. We're attempting to be in disharmony with God's laws. And in the end, that's what causes all disease, disharmony with God's laws. You follow? Yeah. So God's laws are working perfectly. You need to see that. Even though you have the disease that could potentially cause you to pass, you need to see that God's laws are operating perfectly in order to show to you the extent of this particular problem that you have. Mm which is this angry-based demand upon women in particular and also all people generally to make your sadness go away. So what I could feel from you when you first, when, when you first had the contact was this feeling of, I've got to do it because you're concerned yeah. about your life. And no, I don't have to do it because I'm not concerned about your life. Mm. You will continue living. Mm. It just won't be here. If you don't deal with this situation, the physical body won't handle it, but you'll mm. still be alive. Yeah. You'll still be conscious of what you do. You'll still have the same thoughts you currently have. You'll still have the same feelings you currently have. You'll still be the same person. You just won't be on earth mm. if you don't deal with it. Do you follow? Yeah. And my, so my consideration becomes more along the lines of, will that person listen to what's being said to them and want to practice it rather than just listen and then get upset with what I'm saying to them because it really is confronting sometimes. You follow? Yeah. And I feel once you let go of that angry demand that you had towards me, now I could feel more open mm. towards, you know, even talking about the situation with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. So good on you. Thank you. That's the kind of anger you're going to have to feel <laughs> with women, <laughs> the angry demand. Mm that you have towards them, that they do these things for you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Is there any other question you want to ask before we finish, Heather? You, you're right with all that? Or? I feel good with yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if together, yourself and your wife get together and you feel there's a whole heap of things you would have probably liked to have asked about the subject, then uh, at, at another point in the future we can have a second discussion if you wish and answer those particular questions. So sometimes in the situation, things don't come to your mind and so forth. Mm. So, so if you do do that, write them all down and we'll have another discussion about those particular things, if you like. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, you know, with um, with my wife, we've just got a twelve-month-old baby, and yeah, there's a whole lot of things going on in there. Sure, sure. Yeah, mm. but I'm more talking about this situation with the cancer itself. So what I'm saying to you is that you probably, you know, there's things in the, today's discussion that might bring up further questions. Yeah. Or there's things that, you know, your wife would have liked you to ask that you haven't asked. <laughs> or there's things that you might like to have asked that you haven't asked. And uh, I'd be happy to have another session with you to answer those particular questions. Oh, I thank you. Because I'd like to be a, a model of... Um, <laughs> Um, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be nice to be able to get to the the cause, and uh, yeah, but I, I don't feel you need to do it for the sake of being a model. To me, that's to me that's not a a, a good enough motivation to deal with these issues. You follow? Yeah. I feel the real motivation needs to be: Do you really want to deal with the issue or not? That's, that's all that really matters. Right. And, and being a model or not being a model doesn't matter to me. Right. Or, or to God for that matter. Mm. Right. Well, all that matters is that, is that you either decide or don't decide what, you know, is your decision, your will, what, how you're going to exercise it. That's really all that matters. Mm. Yeah. And in fact, being a model is a part of your addiction. Exactly. I just, <laughs> you don't, you pick up on everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's what my mother wanted me to be a model. Exactly. A model child. Exactly. And you don't need to be that here. No. And you certainly don't need to be that with God. Getting to myself who I am. Correct. God wants mm. you to be you. God doesn't want mm. you to be a model. God wants you to become who you have the potential to become. The person God, the real self that God created you to be. Mm. That's all God wants. Nothing else. That's what God's trying to lead you towards. He, he, he doesn't care about the, you know, the impression it gives to other people, mm. good or bad. Yeah. He's just interested in you being you. Now, there are some people that might impress and there's other people that, that might feel quite angry about you being you because of how it triggers them in some way. But that, God's not interested in either of those things. Oh, God's interested in you being you so that God can give you more of God's love. Because mm. God, while you're in a facade and while you're doing damaging things to other people and yourself, God can't give you that love, right? So that's all God's interested in. Yeah, so have a look at the model thing because that's that's one of the addictions you have. Right. Wanting to be seen as one rather than be one. Yeah. <laughs> you mm. see the difference? Yeah. Like, Facade. And to be one, you wouldn't actually have a longing to be seen as one. No. You follow? You don't... When you, when you are a model, really, you don't have a longing to be one. True. You, you are automatically one because you're just doing what is right. Mm. That's all. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries, mate. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, my friend. Yeah, okay. thank you. Thank you. And we'll uh, see how you go with that, I suppose, won't we, mm. over the coming months. Um, like I said, it's going to be quite difficult because you've got a pretty heavy projection outwards. It's a heavy enough pr- condition to kill you. So, mm. you know, it's going to... And you've had a lot of years of denial. So... You know, and, and when I say a lot of years of denial, a lot of years to desiring to deny mm. the underlying grief. And it's going to be hard for you to stop doing that. So, you know, it's going to be a difficult process, but you need to understand that you can do it. Mm. It's possible to do it. And not many people do do it on earth. 
You know, mm. they usually either have the cancer removed, if it's possible, or they pass. Mm. Very few people address the causes. Yeah. So. Well, I think I've got the right feel to, to yeah, have a look at it. I think so. So it's just see, see how it goes. And mm. like I said, we're happy, I'm happy to answer any more questions if you have them. Thank yeah. you. Now I'm just going to address the people at home. So, so those who have been listening to us today, what myself and Mary are going to do, we're, we're having these sessions now, these what we call personal truth sessions that I've just had with Andrew, and we'll be having personal truth sessions with people who we feel have a desire to discuss the issue. But also we're, we're also be going through some presentations soon about dealing with personal health issues and the emotional and love-based relationship between the personal health issue and love with God and love of self and love of neighbour, which are the primary causes of all our health issues. So we'll be going through those things in the coming months, so hopefully you enjoy those particular presentations. But thank you, Andrew, for your time. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing what happens. Yeah. Whatever happens, we look forward to seeing what happens. <laughs> thank yeah. you, Jesus. No worries, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. <laughs>